0: Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to...
1: our balls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh i wanted like i was just telling you in our pre-pro i owe you a big public apology for the suns um so i've been gambling on basically basketball every day i was mixing it in with baseball and i was just really getting my ass handed to me because i don't really watch enough baseball though and then i was trying to mix in hockey and it was just it was a bad look um so I was doing well because I was betting on the Suns on their during their run, but I was like, you know what, it's not happening tonight. And so last night, of course, uh, bet against them. I bet against them, and um, and I just was like, you know, I'm, when I when we do the pod tomorrow, I'm going to make a public apology for doubting because it really looks like they're going to make the playoffs. And I, I don't,
1: I don't think they are.
0: But it's, oh, really,
1: dude? It's like. Well, first of all, it kind of sucks because all these good teams, like last night, like Butler and uh, Goran Dragic didn't play, so like they were like shorthanded. Um, oh okay, all these okay. like all these teams that are basically already in the playoffs are like not going to start playing guys over the next three games, right? So the Suns are going to get kind of screwed because they need a bunch of people to lose. Although Portland choked. Uh, yesterday or two days ago um, they should have won that game but then Damian Lillard hit, missed those two free throws and then he missed the three uh, at the end of the game and uh, that was that whole Twitter war where everyone was saying that the Clippers were telling him he choked you see that whole thing? no Um, oh yeah they were going back and forth uh, Pat Beverly and uh, Paul George worked like just like telling him he choked and all this stuff. and Oh,
0: that's awesome. And he
1: like came back and he's like, you guys are like always afraid of like, he said something like, you're, you're afraid of, uh, he's like, you guys, to Paul George, like, you've bounced, like you asked for trades like every year. (laughs) You're afraid of building something with a team. Like I can't exact. I don't remember the. Exact. That's good.
0: I, I'll, I'll look into that. That's 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 the kind of stuff I'm here for in the quarantine. Yeah. Um, do, that was big. Do, that
1: was big for the Suns. That loss because uh, right now, I mean Portland. Portland plays um, Toronto. They play someone uh, tonight. Philly to, today. They they play Philly. And yeah, we just lost Ben Simmons. But, yeah. If they if they lose that game, if Portland loses that game, then Suns are looking pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but right now they're still in that third spot because Memphis is – they keep losing games, but they still have more wins. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be tough for the Suns because I don't know if they're going to win every game, but it's been fun. It's been fun. It's,
0: it's been awesome. Did you watch the Dallas game last night?
1: Dude, I was gonna talk about that. <laughs> Luca is just a madman.
0: He is the best. Now, look, Aiden's been really good. He's been really good since then, since he got back in the bubble. So uh I'm not gonna grill you too hard and be like, Don't you wish you had Luca, but don't you wish you had Luca? Like, imagine like dude, that was awesome. And now he's like trimmer, you know, like he's uh, just a badass.
1: I mean, I I love
0: DeAndre but yeah, I mean Luca's pretty sick, <laughs>
1: uh, and Portzingis is playing really well too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: that team's that team's tough right now.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but so, uh, what have you been? Uh, you got any notes? What's what's happening? I got
0: now? I got some notes. I was going to, you know, it's funny because I was like, I'm going to stay away from political stuff today, but all my notes are from the week and they're all political. Um, the first thing I had was about the second amendment. Uh, you know, this whole thing with the NRA, I just wanted to say, you don't know what happened with the NRA. They, that the, the, the woman in New York said that she's coming out and putting a case together to dismantle the NRA because they've been basically stealing money and putting it, you know, like, you know, using it for shit that they shouldn't be using it for. And it's, and the thing that gets you so mad is, like, all these people are like, this is an attack on our Second Amendment. And you're like, no, Well, I don't agree with your, like, right to have an AK-47, I also don't think that someone should be able to steal from you because they told you that you should have one. Like, both those things should happen. One doesn't mean that I don't agree with you, you know, and you wind up realizing that people just argue against themselves. They're like in a circle. It's like the same thing as they're like, well, I need my gun in case the government decides to put out soldiers without uniforms and unmarked cars and start pulling people off the street. You're like, oh, like, you mean in Portland, the thing that you probably um, support them doing? Anyway, but um, I did watch a movie this week uh, on HBO, The Swamp, that documentary. Yeah,
1: I started it. I couldn't. It's I... tough. Yeah, it was a little boring
0: for me. To... Well, I actually I fuck I loved it. And it made me so cynical though about like first of all, it follows three Republican House of Reps and Um it just kind of is about what politics what really happens, like it's all about money. So the main guy that follows Matt Gates, who right? I it's like douche one oh one, hate that guy. Like, <laughs> he's, but after watching it, I'm not gonna say I'm a fan, but you see. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit like he's not he's not an idiot. You know, he you start realizing that there's so much money being poured into this that for him to go on TV and, and be an ass only gets him more money and gets him in a better position in in the Republican Party. And it's the same for Democrats. So these people that come on as cartoon villains, they're doing it because the goal is to get on committees. And The better the committee, the more you can um, the more you can bring in money you can bring into the party. The more money they bring in the party, the higher you, you get to bring up. So like this is all taking place during the um, impeachment of Trump, and everybody's like donations start like quadrupling because whether you're for the impeachment or against it, people are just throwing money at you to, to make it happen or make it stop, and they're just like. And you start to think, like, oh, well, this is a good reason why someone like Trump is probably good for them, because he's so polarizing that they just keep the Republican Party and the Democrat Party keep making so much money off of it. It's fascinating. To me, that's shit. Was
1: that that the guy who was sleeping in in his office?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sleeps in, like, a little, like... And that's one of the things that you're like, oh, I actually kind of get. I kind of... All right. You know. Um... It was interesting. Um... But it's not, it's not for everybody. I totally get it. And it is, I mean, I say it's interesting, but it is pretty boring. But, like, he's co-sponsoring a deal with a Democrat. And then during the impeachment, Matt Gates is the guy that led them into that private meeting where they were discussing uh, that committee meeting that he wasn't a part of. And he's like, you guys are doing this in private. And they're like, no, you're just not on this committee. And then they ordered pizza and refused to leave. And, like, CNN's shown coverage of it. And Fox has shown coverage of it. And we're all sitting home getting pissed. And all those guys are all just talking and they're like, Hey, that bill we co-sponsored isn't going to get passed. Yeah, I know. That kind of stinks, you know? And then they go on to their TV shows later and start ramping it up. Like, I can't believe they came in there. You know, it's uh, it's tough. It's, you start to see how much money is going, is in all this. Uh, And the last note I had is also about uh, politics and a uh, funnier note somewhat. I was like, you know, about QAnon, QAnon, you know, that that whole thing. Which one? QAnon.
1: QAnon.
0: They're like the people that believe, they're the people that believe in Pizzagate. They think that there's a sex uh, cult or um, uh, child abduction um, sex trafficking ring involving, like, celebrities like Tom Hanks and Hillary Clinton and all that shit. Dude, I had this friend... I'm friends with, this guy I'm friends with, sort of, and he was like, hey, why is everybody talking about this one specific issue all of a sudden? And I just decided to go look at his comment. And there was a whole bunch of people who believe in all that shit, arguing, and they were all, like, models. They were, like, the most... It was the most attractive group of people I've ever seen argue. Like, I couldn't believe that this world exists, that there's all these really hot people, this group of really attractive people uh, all fighting about whether or not, like, Tom Hanks moved to Greece, uh, got Greece citizenship because he's uh, stealing babies. Oh, this is what they're, they're arguing about, that they, all these celebrities were taking babies because there's something they can get off of them. If you drink the baby blood, it makes you stay, like, younger and healthier.
1: That seems it's
0: rational. But there's, like, hundreds of – there's, like, just tons of people arguing this that believe in it. And they're all so good-looking. <laughs> and I, I just started thinking about, like, Zoolander and them pulling up at the gas station and pouring gas on each other. And I was like, this is – this, like, really exists, this whole world. This is insane. So I just wanted to bring that up because I was I, – I mean, I, I spent hours there. and I spent more hours looking at people's profile pictures and their comments. And I started asking myself, and this is what I wanted to lead it to. Could you overlook somebody who believed in that shit if they were like that hot? If they were like a ten. Uh for a little bit. <laughs> that's probably the real answer, that's probably the true answer. I was like, I I really think that like this th- this this woman, like which to one like this so hot. I think I would, might even just start believing in it just because I'd get to hang out with her. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, is that how this all happens? I don't know. Um, it was really funny though. Cause it was like male models and they're like, they're so perfectly uh, curated and they're fighting about this really random thing. And you're like, man, uh, anyway, I think they all meet at burning man.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a uh, sex call, um, <laughs> yeah, the uh the nexium uh sex cult documentary like premieres i think in like a couple of weeks yeah the vow it's called i'm looking it up right yeah, now. yeah the vow i was trying to figure out what day it comes out but i think it's like the end of august sometime but uh another thing you know trump's been a mess this week he wants to like move up the debates and he wants an early debate and all this shit because it's you know he's just tanking on everything that he's doing
0: okay you're saying on the day that he made the executive order to help with like unemployment and shit so I don't even know yeah but it's got all these stipulations on it it's not
1: like automatically you get like I didn't read it because I've been doing a couple other things today but Pelosi like just said hey you know it seems like it's a good thing, but you're actually, you may not get it. Like you need to like read the fine print. So I haven't read it, but, um, but he also, what else did he do? Uh, Did you see the HBO interview? The
0: Axios interview? Yeah. The greatest thing ever. Actually the best thing ever out of it is if you, somebody, somebody, um, arguing
1: against himself.
0: Yeah. It edited where he's arguing against himself. It's like that interview is just, it's just, it's amazing.
1: Let me ask you one question about
0: this uh, interview.
1: Yeah. Why was he sitting on a chair so low?
0: <laughs> it bothered me so much. I didn't think about that, but you're right. I don't know. He was so low to the ground. His knees were like past his stomach. He never looks comfortable. Let's be honest. That guy never looks comfortable.
1: <laughs> that interview wasn't the best, but the interviewer, sorry. but you
0: know, Wait, You didn't think he was the best? When, I mean, sure, he was fine, but that I guy like, is awesome. I like when uh no, I watch Axios I mean that's not my first you know what I mean like i, I all right anyway Jonathan Swan I, I like him a lot
1: Trump had all the the visual aids, the charts yeah. and stuff, and I was just like, this guy's a mess. well
0: uh, it's the the best is when he says you're oh no you he's like, no, oh oh, he goes, oh, oh I see no, no, I'm talking about death per population, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The U.S. is the worst of desperate population. And he's like, well, you, you can't look at that. That's not, you know, you're looking at the wrong numbers. Those aren't the numbers you should be looking at. Well, why can't I look at those numbers? Just holding up a piece of paper. Well, they're not what the books say. What books? In the you beginning,
1: just, in, the, in the beginning, you just see, like, Caleb he like, walk, like, behind him when, when he's sitting down. And I'm just like, oh, God, she's a mess. But, uh-huh. yeah. So I've been reading this book.
0: wait, the other thing with going back, the other thing with Trump that he's done this week is he keeps taking credit for things that happened before now. Oh, he walked out of that interview, yeah. Yeah, well, there's that, and then the pre existing conditions thing, and then there's the Semite and then there's the uh, Thailand. It's been a good week for him. Eric (laughs) Times said today that he, did you read
1: that? That he, like, they have uh, um, a source that says that. Trump for that July 4th thing wanted to have he, he inquired about having his face on Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he,
1: said, he said it was one of his dreams.
0: That that's one of the least surprising things of the of, of the last 4 years, I'll say. Like I'm pretty sure that that request went in the day after he finally got elected. Um
1: but yeah, so I've been reading this book about Churchill's first year.
0: Uh, look at Ohio. you. I'm reading like the Blondie biopic you're reading. like
1: Well, I've been kind of all over in my, uh, my reading these days. Um, I just read a movie or a book called the last trial, which is if you're into like law stuff, it basically goes through a trial and explains everything, like what the prosecutors do, uh, what the defense should do. And like every instance, it's really interesting. But it's very, um, how do you say, it It kind of feels like a textbook at times. Yeah, okay. Other than the story, it's about like this 85-year-old lawyer who is like asked by his friend, who's like another 80-year-old guy, who's like won a Pulitzer Prize or Nobel Peace Prize for some drug that like is like for cancer, like helps cancer patients. And uh, he's on trial for possibly, like, misleading people and all this shit. Uh, I don't know. It was really good. But the Churchill book is uh, that guy who wrote um, Eric Larson.
0: He did. Uh, oh, yeah. He did. Uh, um, I still haven't finished that book.
1: <laughs> Devil in White City.
0: Yeah. I actually um, picked it back up again, uh, like, two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just about, I think he just decided because Trump was a mess, is, like what a real leader does in like his first year in office. Because <laughs> this guy basically got in office and there was like a war, and he was in the middle of a war, uh, and just all the shit he had to go through. It was, it's crazy, it's awesome, though. He's a really good writer, that guy. The book, right. he, the book he did on uh, the Lusitania, the World War One one, was so fucking good. I thought hey, that you. Um, but that was better than...
0: No, I read that a long time ago, though. But this is just impressive that you're reading, like, the stuff, man. That's good. I, Like I said, I read books about, like, musicians, like rock stars doing drugs, and yeah, you're, I like, read reading the, about yeah, real I
1: history. Just read, I just read the Woody Allen book, so I'm all over the place with my reading right now. Oh, want, speaking want, of all... I want to read the Demi Moore book. That's my next one. <laughs> I don't know why I really want to read that one.
0: Well, um, speaking of... Um, being all over the place. I forgot this. My brother told me, maybe you're aware, that tonight uh, Shark Week starts and the first show is uh, Tyson versus a shark.
1: Yeah. I'm not I'm not buying into it after we fucking uh, said that Mike Phelps was going to race the shark. Remember that? Yeah. I'm pumped for it. Everybody yeah. was pumped about it. And then it turns out that uh, <laughs> everyone was pumped about it. And It turns out that it was like a digital... There's a CGI shark. <laughs> so dumb.
0: Ah, everyone was so pissed. I'm uh, going to tape it right now. I forgot. Tyson Shark.
1: Yeah, he, I saw the uh, commercial with him and his kid.
0: Um, well, uh, you have any other notes?
1: I'm ready for that fight,
0: though. Oh, yeah.
1: It's going to be such a disaster. I heard they're wearing headgear, which I'm fucking pissed about. But I get it. I get it. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I heard that they might be wearing headgear, and they got mm. big gloves. Um, to try to since they're old old fogies.
0: Um. So anyway,
1: what are we uh, talking about today?
0: We're doing three movies again. Uh, we're doing, um. The Go-Go's documentary. Um, we're going to do, which premiered on Showtime last weekend. Um, or over the la- over the past weekend. And we're going to do American Pickle, which premiered on Wednesday on HBO. HBO Max is awesome. Let's just go ahead and say it. They're killing it. Yeah, and- H- HBO Max has uh, got a lot of,
1: like, I told you this before. HBO Max is worth the uh, price just for all the Clint Eastwood movies. All right. Amazon Amazon Prime. A producer friend of mine was like saying like how Amazon Prime has like a huge library of Chuck Norris movies. And I was like, yeah, that's probably worth the price of Amazon Prime. Like all the Chuck Norris movies. But uh, that's kind of how I feel about HBO acts like I'm like, did uh, all these Clint one movies are awesome, but anyway. Um. So HBO Max yeah. American Pickle.
0: And then we're gonna do the two. All right, no, we'll we'll do the save this for last. Um, uh, is the 2014 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Sabotage, which was your latest in your assignments?
1: Well, yeah, we were talking about David Ayer. Uh, how he did the Tax Collector movie.
0: We were talking about that. Instead of watching that, we're watching this.
1: Well, I wanted to, anytime anyone says David Ayer, I'm like, go watch
0: Sabotage. You've seen the, you've seen Sabotage before this? I saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All I right. went to the theater to see it. I was pumped.
1: Schwarzenegger,
0: the trailer was great. And we'll have, we'll have a nice conversation about it. That changes That changes some things. Um, all right. So let's, uh, I guess, the easiest way will probably be the go-go's.
1: I'm sorry we cut know. off the NBA. We didn't, I don't know if we finished talking about it. We could do it next week, though. When we yeah, what do
0: you mean we cut off?
1: We didn't really talk about it. we getting into depth about it, how the bubble is awesome. I'm having a good time. Oh.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what, when, did the, when did the playoffs start? Next week?
1: Uh. Yeah. There's three more games left of each. Yeah, so, uh, so probably next week then.
0: Yeah, so maybe, maybe we get a uh, preview in on that, and that'll be, you know, next week.
1: I like I like some, uh, I like some, I like, uh, some people to uh, bet on, that's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah? Okay. Might have to talk about it. But anyway, all
1: right, so go documentary on uh, Showtime.
0: So this is done, I think, by the same woman that did the Eagles documentary, which was really good. And that made sense because I thought it was really good. Like, it was just was well done.
1: Yeah, I thought this movie was really good. It had a lot of interesting insights, um, which we can get through. But uh, it was interesting how it started off that they're, you know, these punk girls, and then they decided to move into more of a pop-type band. And my favorite part, one of my favorite parts was when that girl was like, I'm not gonna be in a pop band. I'm a punk girl, and they were like, "All right, well then you're out." And then she got pissed that she got kicked off.
0: I mean, uh, they, I don't think it was they, exactly that way.
1: They had the manager fire her, which was kind of weird, but uh, yeah. But I mean, she refused to like to you know move with the times. Like you know, bands that move with the times like stay relevant for a long time. Look at her arrows like they change their sound like every fucking decade.
0: Well, right. As as successful artists, it's also different. I mean, I get they weren't doing anything as a punk right. band, and so they needed. Well, punk to... music was dying at that time, right? Like, I mean, punk was a very short. You know, it was a very short time that, that punk music was was. Where it was, where it was. Uh, Even like the Clash, the Clash stopped really playing punk music after 1980 and kind of got into like more reggae kind of sound. I
1: I did like that. There was, you know, they were really open about a lot of their
0: inner fighting stuff. I know. I was good. I I like that. Um,
1: When the uh, one of the girls saw one of the paychecks, that whole thing was fascinating. It really was. I was making like the less, the least. Well, her and Gina, the, the drummer, were the two. Right. But she also, like, said, yeah, but I was a fucking mess back then. She said, right. She said, like, I didn't want to do any extra work. She just, I wanted to show up and just sing and just drink and hang out. Yeah. And uh, she's like, so I didn't really care. But, you know, it definitely sent, like, some ripple effects for the band, you
0: know? Yeah, it's funny because... Um... The, the girl who wound up writing all the songs had that severe, she had, so she has a severe heroin problem throughout their, their, and she's the most, she's the last person you'd think of everybody, right? Cause she's like the only classically trained musician. And like, um, it's just, it, it was all so interesting.
1: The thing she, that was really she got weird. got like, so hammered that she I kicked out of Ozzy's dressing room. That was the best like thing. It's like you really have to be destroyed or fucking a mess to get kicked out of Ozzy Osbourne's fucking uh, dressing room back then, right? Yeah. But like the weird thing is, is that none of the people in the band like knew that she was like, had this addiction until that new girl came in and she was like, this girl's a problem. Yeah. So they bring in this new girl and they're like, she has a problem. And then all of a sudden, she breaks, breaks up the band because the girl needs to go to rehab. <laughs> Oops.
0: Sorry, um, right, what were you saying? I, no, no, I, there's, a, there's a bunch of different... Um, they were ruthless, like, the way they, they were firing people, though. It was like, you started to really feel bad for some of these people. I love that they had them all in the documentary. Yeah.
1: I like when they, you know, they were basically... They brought in that one girl, and she, like, went on a three-day coke binge to, like... to. Uh, to, finish, to learn
0: the songs
1: songs, and then like she came out of it, knowing every song <laughs> uh,
0: yeah um, yeah it's, it, um i i the, the thing that i took I took away the most from it is that their fucking manager is the everybody should have somebody who loves them as much as their manager loved them. That woman was the biggest m v p of all time, she like. So she got sold, Yeah, well, so she stole everything to send them to Europe to go travel, like to go tour with like Madness and the Specials, um, you know, who we are both pretty big bands of that time. Um, I love the Specials. I had no idea that they had this connection with the Specials, um, and so and then she like, she, I mean, everything she did, you know, the fact that she. The best thing is that she fucking secured the rights, so we got the beat. Like when she was trying to sign the deal, she's like, "I'm not giving you publishing credit or publishing rights to this because we need to keep it." And I don't know why I know why, but I know that I'm supposed to do it and fought for it. And like basically, that saves everything for them. And um, man, I felt so horrible that they, that they let her go. You know, like. Yeah, I I wanted closure with her at the end. You know, like they've all come to some sort of closure when you like when they you know the fact that they're still touring and you know that they're all making music together and stuff. Now that new song's not very good, but um, that was pretty bad. But the thing that's really funny is you know they weren't they weren't around for that long. You know, like they weren't. So they become a band and then they go.
1: It's really they're cur- on MTV like
0: playing every you know yeah and like a year before that or not even like months before that they're on tour with in england and people are just booing them and throwing shit at them and like spitting on them because they hate them and then like six months later they're everywhere it's like the biggest band all of a sudden um
1: yeah that's really they're really popular overseas but no one
0: knew them in in america but um, but you, but it's funny because so they were like they basically were were around for like five years, right? They're basically popular for five years. So when people and then they just disappear. Um, I I kind of wish we saw a little more of the Belinda Carlisle uh, solo shit after because I just wanted to see what everybody reacted to that.
1: Well, they did kind of say, you know, because Belinda Carlisle took the. The songwriter and the
0: uh, bassist the new you know, base, the new the girl that came in,
1: and they're like, "Well, what about us?"
0: Yeah,
1: and so they said, ah. "So you're doing go-go's." But I like that what they took that one song uh, that played. I like how they sampled the music, by the way, in the uh, "Mad About You."
0: Yeah,
1: like kind of sampled like the instrumental version of it. Through, like they did a couple of those. Uh, throughout the documentary, where they did the instrumental part, in, you know, underlying the uh, documentary, which I thought was cool, because a lot of the songs are such iconic, you know.
0: Yeah, but I I, I would I would like to see them go a little bit more into how everybody felt about her all of a sudden becoming. You know I mean, they talk they talked a little bit about it, but um, the thing that's funny is like I said, they're they're really famous for like five years, six years at the most. And so in your mind, at least, I guess, being the age that we're at, the age that I'm at, um, they're very frozen in time as those people. So seeing them interviewed now, I mean, they really look like they're just wearing old person makeup and fat suits and things like that. Like, they really look like the exact same, like, I know that that's what happens to people, but I think because they they're that image to me they're going to be burned as those people forever, and seeing them as older people, really, like they I really was like this is like this is a great movie I like how they have these fake prosthetics on right now but it's not I mean that's who they are it's, anyway that's uh, it was good I I'm I'm glad you liked it too I you know we weren't originally planning to discuss it
1: yeah I mean uh, two other notes I had from the documentary were like that Sex Pistols show. That they showed where they like, oh yeah owned it in, and they were, and they he basically said you know like at the end of the show like I hope you enjoyed this fucking mess like basically they did it on purpose
0: to like right. I don't know that seemed kind of fucked up. Right.
1: Uh, and you then,
0: would have been okay. so pissed. And <laughs> yeah, everyone would be pissed, but the I can imagine how pissed you would have been.
1: And then at the end, uh, when they were basically on the verge of breaking up, and they hired that one the, the guitarist to come in and she was basically like they hired me and they were already like in the midst of breaking up and she's like this is my you know this is my big shot and then all of a sudden I come in here and it's like they're on the verge of breaking up yeah uh, I'm sure it happens all the time but it's got to be interesting for those new people going through
0: all that shit you know? right right yeah
1: because you're like, like no one talked to each other, like they were all mad at each other, and she's like, "Oh, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna have all these girlfriends, and it's gonna be a great time." And then she walks in, this fucking everyone's fighting and
0: hates each other, <laughs> we're about to break up. Um, well, it's like you know, we we watch a lot of these music documentaries, and there's been a lot to complain about lately. So it's really nice to see one where everyone's really candid. I mean the fact that they're together now and like getting along makes it a little easier probably to to, like let some of those things out, but it was good.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone was all the talking heads were very truthful about how they were feeling during what was going on. I did not expect a little happy ending at the end that they were back together again and I guess crushed old old grudges.
0: Yeah. Um, Um. All right, so let's move on to our next, uh, so HBO next movie. Yeah, American Pickle. This is the Seth Rogen movie um, where he plays Seth Rogen now and Seth Rogen as his great-great-grandfather or great-grandfather who was stored in pickle brine and comes to life in 2020. Uh, I was very much not looking forward to this because I, I like Seth Rogen but I just felt like two Seth Rogans in the same movie is going to be a little much for me. Uh, It wasn't because I, you know, the characters are so different. I thought he actually did pretty good. Good job. But uh, I thought this was a snooze. Yeah, it was okay. Um, I thought there
1: was some funny jokes, like uh, when he first came to the future and like, he was doing like seeing everything and, when Seth Rogen had the seltzer machine, he's like, you're going to let me press your seltzer button. Yeah. I don't know. There was some funny uh, stuff like that. And then when, uh, <laughs> when he started making all the pickles from all the garbage, when he's going through all the garbage and then the, the lady at the bar, was like, they find the news report comes out that he's like, all this shit is from like the garbage. He's like, this is just garbage. And she's like, everyone starts spitting out the thing. I don't know. I thought that was funny, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was all right. Like, I felt like they missed some opportunities. I saw what they were trying to do in terms of like, you know, family values and keeping your history alive, even though you may not want it to, Um, you know, but, like, they set up these things, like the whole broken tool thing back in the, when he's digging ditches and everything keeps breaking. Like, I would have liked to have seen in the future, like, how everything doesn't break. Like, maybe he has a shovel and he's like, this is pretty well made shovel, you know, like,
0: somewhere. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, there certainly wasn't enough of that. There wasn't enough, like, Encino Man kind of things.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good, uh, I didn't even think about Encino Man
0: yet, but that's yeah. perfect. It's like, it... Alright, so I this is the like kind it. of movie... Yeah. That, oh,
1: you, you know, he's in the shower, you know, things are working. He's got, like, running water. I don't know, electricity.
0: I don't know. There's so many problems with it. I mean, again, it's there's a lot of suspension. I mean, the, the premise is that you have to suspend belief that someone yeah. could be stored in pickle brine for that long and still be alive. Alright, I'm past that. But, like, the fact that he shows up and everyone makes a big deal about it for one day and then just forgets that he's that guy.
1: Yeah, that bothered me too. I'm like, everyone's like, everyone would know who he is. Exactly. It would like, be like the story of like the millennium,
0: you know? So the fact that this guy's out selling pickles on the street, you know, and nobody recognizes, and then he becomes an overnight sensation and nobody, rec- nobody puts that together. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and then the whole fact when, when he starts melting down and he, like, says all that stuff, like, and, like, when he's on that thing where, or he's on the TV show and he doesn't know what's happening, and he tells the guys like, I don't really know what's happening right now. And, yeah. and like, you would, you would think, like, there would be someone that would be sensitive to that. Like, he just came from the 1930s. He doesn't understand how things work. There wasn't enough of that. You
0: know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't. You know, it would, it would hurt the where the story of the movie's going, but that means it should change the where the story of the movie's going because it wasn't going anywhere that great. I mean, I like the sentiment, the the sentimental, the sentimental parts about family. I thought that was kind of good. I like that. You know, that seemed really real, and it seemed like a good message, and I thought that worked pretty well. But the fact that, um. Yeah, we had to get there through all these things that I don't know. Like they're just so easy. They're such easy setups. Instead, you're trying to like I don't know. Like what? What? Why are we watching his grandson? His grandson was like ter- Like this Seth Rogen is now is terrible. Like there's nothing redeeming about that guy whatsoever.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you would think like there would be some sort of storyline for um, for. Herschel, his nineteen thirties great grandfather would help him. I mean, he, he kind of help him helps him, but it needs to be a direct like help, like what he's doing. And I know they do it at the end where they're like, "Let's go into business together." But that should have been like where yeah, together and we saw that.
0: that. You're right. You know, them in business together should have been the movie rather than. Him trying to take him down by getting him to go on Twitter and say racist things or whatever. Yeah, and, like, uh,
1: I enjoyed, like, the, you know, family plot, but that was done really not very well. Like, you know, even the son would care that, all oh, like, the freaking gravestones are a mess and...
0: That stuff just bothered me. It was, the best thing about it was, like, it was an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean it because it was bad. It was just, like, I was psyched. I'm like, nice. This isn't going to be two and a half hours of my life. It's going to be an hour and 20 minutes. So, but, um, you know, I um, look, I think Seth Rogen, I think he makes awesome, mostly stuff. So, it's okay to swing in this. Um but I just kind of felt like this wasn't, this is was more of a mess. All right. um, so yeah, um, that you can get on HBO max, but the big, I guess the big thing we're going to talk about is uh, your, your latest assignment. Every once in a while you, you put out an assignment of a movie that you want us to review and, um, it, and and I and what happens is I start looking for it and I find that it's not available unless I have to pay for it. Here's my receipt for <laughs> three ninety nine uh, for sabotage. I'm putting that off as a business expense. Um, you should. Sure? I am. Uh, and I get so mad when I have to pay for this because I'm like, I know that he did no research into why we should be doing like. There's no. There's no thought behind this watching this movie other than he wants to make fun of it for some reason.
1: Yeah,
0: and and
1: I so like, like I I love talking about this movie because
0: okay, well then it, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out my judgment on you for that because this yeah. better be good.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, David Ayer, um, who gets all these huge movies. He just did Suicide Squad. Uh, he did Bright. Um... He just gets all these huge movies, and none of them are good. He did End of Watch, which was entertaining. I liked End of Watch. I think it was more how it was shot, and like kind of like the, the action of it was good. I mean, he's a good action director, but this guy does not know how to tell a story. I mean, there was... So I went to see this in the theater, and there was this plot hole in it in the beginning that while I was watching the movie, like, ruined the viewing experience. Like, I couldn't get... There's two huge plot holes in this movie that ruined the entire fucking movie. And I wanted to see if you kind of picked up on it
0: while you were watching it. Are you, are you going to tell me when they... Because we'll go through it. I was going to have you lead um,
1: well, I'm going I'm to give you two plot holes first, and then we'll go by it. You can lead the discussion going through it as we normally do, but I wanted to bring up the two plot holes, because it still drives me nuts when I watch it.
0: Well, all right. Well, Here's what I want to say, though, before we get into the movie. So, you know, on The Ringer, they do a a show called The Rewatchables, And I used to really not like that show, because I don't want to hear... When I want to hear my my guys who like sports, I want to hear them talk about sports. I don't want to hear them talk about movies. Because usually... You know, it has Bill Simmons on, and while I love Bill Simmons, he doesn't—he's not really the best guy to sit there and listen to talk about movies. However, recently they've been reviewing more and more movies that I like a lot, and I can't help it, and so I listen to them, and, and I've become more—I'm liking it more and more. This week they they did, and I implore you to listen to this because I think it will adjust your thinking on how we're doing this. This week he and uh, you know Kyle Brandt, he used to be in the real world. He's uh, now a Fox Sports TV analyst who's going to have his own Ringer podcast. He's a real sarcastic guy. They did Teen Wolf. And listening to them break down Teen Wolf was fucking awesome. Because they don't talk about it. They're like, they're they doing things like what college would recruit, like what, what college coach you think recruits Teen Wolf to come play there. And uh, they start going through like really like like, what were Teen Wolf's stats in that final game? And they start talking about the score and how, you know, they showed 35 of the 51 points, um, you know, and six of them belong to Chubby and 14 belong to number 45. So how many points, you know, they started breaking down Teen Wolf's game. I mean, he has no outside game because he only takes it in and dunks and block shots. Um, they try to compare him to what player he's, you know, and I'm listening, I'm just dying because this is the kind of thing. And I started thinking, you know, we're picking movies like Kindergarten Cop 2 and Backdraft 2 and Sabotage, which are things that nobody sees. But Maybe the sweet spot's more in better known movies that we could be making fun of. Sure, I would love it. I'm breaking down. Oh, okay. man. Because this is a tough ask for someone to listen to uh, us talk for the next... 20 to 30 minutes about a movie that they've never seen. Um, you should watch it. All right. Well, I say that, but you're so, and this is why I hesitate, you're so into this. You have so much invested in this movie that I think it is going to pay off now. And that's why I'm not, not going to jump down your throat like I initially expected to on this. Uh, I'm just going to
1: say that this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen.
0: I don't think that it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you two plot holes in the movie that make it terrible. All right. So basically the movie, I'm going to get we're going to give the overall thing. I'm going to give you the plot holes. Then we can take it by so we can go through it and then you can take apart the, uh, the plot holes. So it's about missing money. There, are, there are special forces DEA unit undercover unit Missing money, now someone's killing the, the members of the unit, uh, possibly over the 10 million, which we don't know yet. Um, so the biggest funnel takes place in the first 20 minutes, 10 minutes of this movie. So it opens up with this mission to get this money, or to bust these drug dealers and get this money, Right. So they find this huge pallet of money.
0: It just, it's in the middle of a room. Yeah. So they steal lots of money. It's not against the wall. It's just, no. the room is specifically there. It, it's a, it's a room. It's got drywall. It's not like a, it's, it's not like a safe. It is a room that somebody would live in, but instead there's just a big pile of perfectly squared off money in the middle of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they peel $10 million off to hide, and then they're going to come back later and get it. After they take the $10 million, they put a bomb on the money, and then Schwarzenegger takes a shotgun and blows the whole fucking thing up, right? Right. Th- then it cuts to the IA investigation, Internal Affairs Investigation, and they want to know that there's ten million dollars missing, and I want to ask you, how the fuck do they know that there's ten million dollars missing? Yeah,
0: they just blew well, up all yeah, that's, that's in my notes. Of course, they blew up all the money. Yeah. How do uh, they know anything's missing? Well, but but one of them says it. How do you know that ten million's missing?
1: Yeah, and he says that there was like uh, another person that knew. About the money being there, it doesn't matter though. They blew the whole fucking
0: stack up. Well, it does come up later when they um, when they kill one of the unit members, and they say that he was. They thought he was talking to the feds. So, that I, you're right. It's a plot hole. They don't address it, but I think that that's what it was supposed to be. That somebody had told them that the money was gone.
1: Well, there's no way to prove it. Like, because you didn't know how much money was there to begin with. And it was I'm not going to
0: stick up for anything in this movie, but I'm yeah. just telling you I don't. Okay.
1: And then the second plot hole, and then we can come back to the beginning, is that this horrible thing happens to Schwarzenegger, right? His wife and kid are killed by this guy and sent pieces of him, and he's watching the 8 millimeter video. It's like Nicolas Cage 8 millimeter watching He's like, ah. Oh. he's like looking at the video. And then, you know, we find out later that Schwarzenegger is the one that stole the money because he wanted to take it down to Mexico and pay them off to give them the name of the guy who killed his wife. So I'm asking you, if there's such this elite group, why couldn't you just say, hey, guys, when we go in there instead of taking 10 million I'm going to peel an extra 10. I got to go find my wife's killer. Does anyone want to help me with that? Like you kept it such a secret. Like why?
0: Yeah, that's a great call. That's a, I mean if you're going to blow the money fans, anyway.
1: They knew how horrible it is that they sent pieces of his wife and kid in the mail to him. Yeah. You're right. I think they would want to help him. And uh great point. I don't know. It's just those two things like killed me. They ruined the movie. But anyway, we can go back to the beginning because there's a great training session in the beginning of this movie. So it starts off that they're this huge elite group and they show this mission that's done
0: basically. Well, perfect. hold on a second. The first is Arnold watching the video. We don't know that at the time it's his wife. Yeah. Uh, but this is of his wife being tortured and he just can't look at the video. Um, when he has to act, uh, it's it's fucking unbelievable. He is, so, I mean, he is so, like <laughs>
1: the thing is, is like with Schwarzenegger, and I'm going to defend Schwarzenegger here. When you go into a Schwarzenegger movie, you know what his acting is going to be, so you give him a pass.
0: I, that, but, that's how I feel. But if you're a director and you know what his acting is going to be, you don't give him scenes to act. So to try to make him show some grief while he's looking at something really tough. and he's got a really cool neck tattoo. Yeah, he's everyone's tatted up on this movie. Everyone's all tatted up. Um I
1: love uh Muriel Enius, or whatever her name is from who plays the girl in it, who's like the crazy chick. Yes. And uh she's she's in the killing and Hannah like she's like a really good actress that one
0: and we'll get to like she had free. She had free reign to do what she wanted to with this movie, with this script. Yeah. Somehow,
1: she's eighty pounds and was able to lift some guy to the ceiling and nail him to the ceiling. I don't know how that happened. Um. <laughs> we'll get to that murder in a second.
0: All right. Uh, so, all right. So we do that. Now let's go. Go ahead. Um, so they to do the all,
1: So they do the setup. It's like this unit. They seem very coordinated. They've been doing this a while.
0: But. Uh, well, we meet, we meet them on their way to this thing, and they're like a tight crew. Like, they fart and they joke. Yeah. They're like all American, and they're on their way, and they're going to bust up. I mean, it's so. It's, I mean, it, it, it could be any any decade, any of the last three decades. The good guy going to get bad guy. They're the all American
1: crew from guys. The fucking Predator.
0: Yeah, and they're going to this Middle Eastern house. Uh, with gaudy rich guy's party. It's just full of people doing drugs and having sex and they're coming to like bust it up and they're like, you know, they're like, they're a tight crew. Um, No chemistry between any of them, but really like you're expected to believe, you know? Um, So it's set up right there, you know what you're getting into. And as you're watching, you're like, is that Joe Monteo? is that Sawyer? Is that, you know, like each one of these people, you're like, oh, I know that guy.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious, like how these guys are actually undercover. You know what I mean? Like they don't seem like they could be good undercover agents. That's all I know. Right. So anyway, so they like do this whole break in, uh, you know, they come back for the money. It's gone and they get suspended, and then all of a sudden, like, they drop the case because there's no real evidence. Hold on.
0: You're really moving. It. I mean, you're, you're missing some of the, the, the right. fine details here. Uh, so uh, there, there's some great in every – so while they're busting up this place, if you're watching, like, there's some really some great ADR work that's happening. Uh, right. They really they really let so the guy who plays Sawyer and Lost, they really let him go with the ADR work. It's so funny if you watch this. Every time there's some dead air, there's this he's making a joke about you hear like a tailing off of him making a joke about whatever is happening. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, um but it's 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 really what the thing is well, so interesting. It's
1: what, all tactical jargon.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's all ADR tactical jargon. Cover the line. It, Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's something, like, really, like, obvious. Like, oh, I was going to feel that in the morning. You know, like... um, But it's funny because you're watching these guys and there's a certain percentage of people in this country that watch this and think, that's what American guys are like. That's... that's Those are the kind of guys I want to be like. You know, they're, like, sleeveless. They're wearing, like, fucking bullet things over their like, outfits, you know what I mean? They're, like, all carrying this heavy artillery... And let's be honest, Arnold's moving about seven steps slower than everybody else. But he's like the lead on it all and everything. Um, and he's the hardest guy to understand, and he's the big communicator. Those things are really tough to get past. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then they, that's when they come up on that big pile of money. Um, and at this point, I just wanted to point out that I love watching a movie on Amazon because they've got that IMDb feature that tells you who all the actors are in every scene. I must have paused a hundred times to figure out who everybody was. Um, I don't know if I love all the content on Amazon, but I love that they have that feature. Um, By the way, you know who Mariel
1: Enus is married to?
0: No, I don't even know really. But I She looked familiar, but I not know anything about her. Who is she married to? Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Oh. Or if you're from Succession. The oldest, the oldest son from Succession. Yeah. Um, well, so before we get into the... So then we get into the interrogation that you're talking about. And this is not just an interrogation. This is a chance for the audience to get to know who these guys are. So everyone's got a nickname. There's Tripod. There's... Yeah. Um, I forget actually what... Um, there's... What, it, what it is it? Breacher. Um, you're getting to know like who, who these guys are. There's Pyro. Um, I mean, this is, this is just this is great. And like, so we're watching each of them do their introduction and their big fuck you to the, to the FBI who's investigating them. You get to know a little bit about each of their characters.
1: I'm still not They get to Arnold, he's wearing that suit. He just looks so uncomfortable in that suit.
0: Uh, like, so you're talking about when he goes, all right, so this is, because this is where the majority of my notes go. So like, so you're talking about when, so after he gets put on desk duty,
1: he looks really and, comfortable.
0: And, uh, dude, it, the, the desk duty scenes, like, uh, first of all, of course, Troy Garrity is one of his coworkers.
1: That's Troy Garrity. There's
0: nothing that would have been more automatic than that guy walking into the bathroom and giving them shit. And it's, like, six months later, and people, like, Arnold can't get from his cubicle to the bathroom without six guys, like, laying into him about what a shitty guy he is.
1: Dude, everyone knows, like, his history, and he's, like, like done a shit ton of things for the U S like he's, and he's got all these, you know, he's been around the block. He's, you know, hung out with presidents and all this stuff. And people still think he's like a fucking douche.
0: Yeah. And like, it's like, it's like what they used to do with 24 all the time. Right. Where like Kiefer Sutherland saved the world, like six seasons in a row, but nobody ever believes him that he's like, like now I'm going to take the terrorist guys He's definitely a terrorist now. Yeah. So he's against us. It's just like the same thing. Arnold's working in this office. He's working in his cubicle. And uh, you're talking about Trump with the low desk. He's got his own version of the low desk. And yeah, he gets he gets up and guys just keep coming up to him and like, they're like you're like, you're, you're scum. You know, they're like getting in his face and,
1: uh, and he's not, the way he presents himself, you would not want to talk shit. No,
0: no, he's not the guy that you would have any problem. First of all, you probably wouldn't have a problem with him. Second of all, It's been six months like you probably reach some sort of um, personal uh, acceptance of whatever he did that you could just go about your day without having to harass him six months later.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But yeah, so I I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. Um, um, The argument is great with straight stake. Oh, and then before that, he's got some stakeout guys. And uh, these stakeout guys are some like cool brothers that are like following them around, oh, yeah. and they they start having like this whole like argument about dicks and peeing and all this stuff. I mean, we're just this is just guys, man. Just guys being guys. We're in the middle of the world of guys, so. um uh, so yeah, so then he gets out, um, and they're like, "Look, you're uh, you're good to go. Um, let's, you can get your gang back together." And luckily for him, the gang still all hangs out together in the same place. There's only one guy not there, and he didn't even realize he wasn't there until he becomes a plot point uh, forty-five minutes later.
1: <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's their their hideout. So. What I was going to say is, like, they're this elite group, but then you, they go through this training scene where it's, like, the most, like, basic training operation. And you're like, they don't need to do this. They've done this probably a hundred times. Like, remember the scene in Silence of the Lambs where she was doing the training and, like, the guy was in the corner and said, you're dead. That's, like, seems like 101. Yeah. First training thing that you do is you bust through a door and, like, look to the guy to the left. And it seems like they're doing this training session for the, like, they've never gone through training before.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're right. Uh, and then, but but to prove that he's, like, still trust them, he goes and he makes himself the dummy. But it's really just him sitting there smoking cigar. He smokes about eight cigars throughout this entire movie. It's great. Um But before... Before that, what I really like is uh, whenever these guys get together they have to go to the strip club together and when they go to the strip club they don't just go to the strip club. like they go and smash bottles and
1: Dude, yeah they're just like rowdy just like all the time for no just, reason they're just, just
0: they're just thugs so I, I like what's the point are we supposed to not like them then or are we supposed to be like man that's just guys being guys right right is it more of that I don't they're know tough. They're tough. Yeah. Okay. Ready yeah, for right.
1: anything. They're ready for anything.
0: It's at this point I press my IMDb pause and realize that one of the guys is actually Sam Worthington. I had no idea.
1: One of the guys is Sam. Oh, that guy with
0: the thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like
1: he was married to
0: the girl. Yeah. He's like yeah. the main guy. He's like the main other guy um, throughout most of the movie. Um, so yeah, this is this about, is a. Uh,
1: you know what I, get, I didn't get either was like they reinstate them and they're just like not doing anything really. Like they don't have any mission or anything. It's true. Like, they're just sitting around that fucking den going to strip clubs and shit. But no one's at, like, they don't have a job.
0: They're drinking and giving each other tattoos, dicks. Yeah, like they're.
1: It was like, like, why are we bringing these people back before? It seems like a waste of money for the police department. Just bring them back when they have something to do. When they have a mission, right? Um, yeah, nothing's um, nothing's established with their crew. Like you just don't know who they're who they're like going against. Everyone seems like even the DEA and all the special like the FBI that shows up. Like no one has ever heard of them. Like they're this like huge, like force uh, in la or wherever they were at like you would think like everyone would know
0: no they're in Atlanta or Atlanta like you' yeah, think because and I didn't know this until like the last scene when uh, the last scenes when the cops show up uh, they were it said Atlanta PD on it now it's either it's Atlanta or they just didn't they forgot to uh, take that off of the side of the car I'm, I'm assuming it's just gonna be in Atlanta right. um
1: how so people start
0: getting murdered on the crew so the crew starts dying one by one basically based on how famous you are. So the first guy that you've never heard of, he's living in a trailer, and he wakes up, and it's on train tracks, and the train smashes
1: him. We're going to we're gonna get to the killer on this whole
0: thing, because
1: none of it makes any sense.
0: So the, the trailer, so when they come to the crime scene, um, They start finding pieces of them. It's all really gory, because they had to do that, too.
1: But also, if you're a special forces guy, and you've been through war, and, like, you know, when shit goes down, you don't... He he would have noticed that the trailer was, like, where he was standing was where the fucking train was going to hit. You know what I mean? Like, go to the back of the trailer so that when it hits, you're not in the area...
0: Of impact, yeah, he's but just, he was wasted. He's like, ah, and then he just. Like, but he was just, wasted from out of the strip club. I'm not saying it's right.
1: But well, basically, the killer dragged the fucking trailer onto the fucking tracks without him knowing.
0: Well, this is when we get introduced to our new to our to our cop, and uh, I don't remember her name, but I did press pause on IMDb and found it, and I was like, because she looked so familiar. And she's the mom from Sixth Sense. Or uh no, no, I'm sorry. Uh yeah, and and she's um the girl from most most importantly in my life, she is um the teacher from Rushmore.
1: Oh yeah, she is. Last. another in her where Schwarzenegger shows up
0: with a stogie and she's naked. Yeah. Um and then she um She's partners with the guy who played it was in odds. Uh, what's his name? Harold Pint. I forget his name, but he's in a lot of shit. He was in like he's Mercutio Recru- and uh, Romeo and Juliet. He's uh, he's her partner. So like all these people are pretty famous. I was just surprised. Uh, we still haven't told, said that one of this gang is uh, your boy, uh, Ter- Terrence Howard. Yeah, Terrence Howard. Kind of feeling Terrence Howard had a bigger part and they cut a lot of it out. Or he was just like, fuck, I just want to be in a movie with Schwarzenegger. I don't understand. Having an affair with uh, the guy's wife. Um, Big story. At this this point, there's just so much testosterone. Um, You know, and and like even in the cops, she's like, why don't you go find this? Uh, Go find his DNA or whatever. And Arnold is like, Arnold shows up at the crime scene and he's just so nonchalant. This guy is, for me to believe that this guy is so cut up about his family, but he has no, you know, he doesn't really really get upset as his teammates get get killed off one by one. He's always there smoking a stogie, like, it happens.
1: (laughs) Also, if something like that happened to your family and you were on the force, or you were an agent within the, whatever, federal agent, like, everyone would know that you were that guy that had that happened to, because it was such a huge event and probably a learning tool for people. You know, this could happen if you're going into this type of work.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, the, also our no,
1: that also, she has no clue who he is.
0: Right. Never heard. Her, her accent is really struggling. She's really having some trouble. She can't figure out what region of the world she's in. Yeah. Throughout, she, she has full sentences where she starts off with like an Australian accent and ends with a Southern one. It's pretty impressive. Um, but uh, yeah. So um, from there, uh, we go to the next killing. or we? What was, is it? Oh, the next killing is with uh, Sawyer.
1: The guy nailed to the ceiling, which yeah. I don't know how he fucking got up there.
0: Or what was the point?
1: I want someone to tell me how the girl got him up on the ceiling and fucking hammered him to the ceiling. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there was no, well, they were trying to make it look like it was the cartels doing it. So they were trying to kill these guys in like brutal fashion. Okay. And kind of like take the the view from them and put it on these cartels that they kept blaming that were doing all of it.
0: Right. So, um, well, then we show up at again. I, I forgot that tripod wasn't there, but we show up at Tripod South. He's apparently gone awol because he's so distraught about everything.
1: Wasn't Schwarzenegger like, like ra- like like the investigators after that guy gets nailed to the ceiling? I think there was another investigation, and Arnold Schwarzenegger yells at the guy and he says, "You got forty eight percent body fat." <laughs> 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 he says something to the investigator like. You sit around and do nothing. I'm <laughs> out here doing shit.
0: He, well, they show up that tripod. I mean, this guy, has got a whole thing going on. He's out in the woods. He's got booby traps set up. Like, he shows up with with uh, with the cop, and he's like, "Hey, listen, watch your step." He's got, look, here's tripwire. But like, what happens if like his his like nephew wants to come visit? So right. here's,
1: here's another plot over the tripwire. Okay. Who was that guy? What? If it turns out that the girl was the killer the whole time, who was the guy that got killed by the tripwire?
0: Oh, the goons? The goons that show up? Yeah. Well, he, he exposes that the goons are all in a gang because once, once they kill one of them, he walks in and goes... I know they are. Look, and he like rips open the guy's shirt right at this one spot. There's a perfectly placed tattoo of some guy.
1: She buried She, she put him in the water. Because this is the other guys in the water with the, with the chicken wire.
0: Right. So this is where, like, this is where they decided in the film that they were going to do some really artistic editing. And you're going to be watching two scenes happening at the same time. Um, and one actually happened hours earlier but you don't know it until after.
1: It was very confusing for a little bit.
0: Yeah, you see you can't really do that in a bad movie because you know, we're having enough trouble following where where things are going without that. They yeah. pulled this off, they try to pull this off more than once. Where you're going through a place and something had just happened hour, like hours earlier. Um so um during this um uh, Arnold starts really flirting with, uh, with the new with the with the cop. We all saw this coming. The sexual she tension's up, getting high.
1: So she shows up at their like their like grieving party, and they're all hammered, and then they're treating this woman like like a horrible person. Like, yeah. why are they treating her so bad?
0: I don't know. Uh, but we we finally cut through the sexual tension, and they get busy. And there's nothing that really, really puts a movie together like an Arnold Schwarzenegger love scene. They did they did that right by cutting, just as they started to, just as they were starting to make out. Um, but I like her. I like, uh, I like how she like is get you know comes leaves his house in the morning when the other cop shows up and he's like, "Did you really?" And she's like, "What? You are just jealous? You didn't get some?" Like she's tough too. Yeah. You know she so. There's just so much. There's so much testosterone in this movie. Like seriously.
1: <laughs> well, like, David. Ayer, all of David Aaron's movies are like this, and sure If I
0: had to take a drug, if I if I was a major league baseball player, like, and you watched this before you went into a game, you'd probably fail your drug test for like t- pumping testosterone into your body just by just by the mere sight of this film. Um, that was a funny joke. You should. Anyway. Um. So so then they they, uh, bust into these railroad apartments and uh, really no subtlety to it. You know, just full big machine guns and um, there just hadn't been a better way to get that done. Like, I just don't think that I don't think it would fly in 2020 to bust into like little, little kids rooms with guns, you know, and then use their wall to bust into the apartment next to you. And he, they went through like three of them before they finally get to the last one, which is where everybody, like the bad guys, are.
1: Well, they kind um, of said, they kind of said that they were doing this road before any of the the real cops showed up. They used her somehow to get the information on where where these people were. Right. And like once they found out the information, they went there before the raid happened, so they could take care of it.
0: Yeah, I understand. I'm just saying, like...
1: I'm just saying, say like, department. no, it doesn't make any sense. How did they get the information?
0: If you're in the fourth apartment, you probably heard the first three getting busted open with guys with guns. So you probably wouldn't be there. Uh, but they they do it. Arnold pulls out his um, cigar, and somebody drops a line, My, uh, Ammo's chief, my life ain't. Yes. Amos cheap. my life ain't. I just was like, this is the movie. This is the line, that's the tagline. Um, so she gets an, oh, so this is when we find out that Pyro is wife, the, the woman that's, cause they find all that meth and sh- they know because she's an expert in every, every drug. Cause she does them all. <laughs> she tastes like the stuff. Oh yeah. That's meth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and uh, she's Yeah. It's a, it's a... <laughs> that's liquid meth oh and it's good she's um,
1: like a, she's like going out on the town and having sex with guys and killing them or I don't know what the hell she was doing remember when yeah, she left then... with condoms she like left with condoms like she got all dressed up and she comes out and her husband's like where are you going and he like looks inside her bag and she's got condoms what are you gonna do with these
0: she's like I just gotta go out she's tough yeah uh, just when you thought this, all the guys at testosterone, she ha- she's, she has more. And uh, is when we find out that she's been cheating on Pyro with Sugar, who is um, Terrence Howard. And, like, as if it wasn't bad enough, like, she then like gets in the car with Sugar. Like, there's no... We're not even trying to deny it at this point. And he's like, oh, baby, I thought we weren't going to tell him like this. It was just really cold. And we
1: start to figure out that she's the one killing everybody.
0: Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So this is when we kind of start like, okay, something's not right. So, well, what, so what happens is Joe Mantigliano or whatever his name is, that guy, still yet to have sleeves in any scene, he shows up at the uh, at the cops' office and says, "Look, I got to tell you about, uh, I got to tell you about Arnold Schwar- Breacher. I got to tell you about his whole life." And that's where we find out that this guy kidnapped his kid, you know, wife and all that stuff. And they decide to all meet at a booth at a diner. Now, when you're talking about short chairs, this booth is about yeah. four by four. And it's fitting in two gigantic human men and this woman. And they're all sitting around this little table. There's no elbow room for anybody, but they're that's all trying weird. to lean over the table. It's okay. I would have done it yeah right you would have done it but it's so funny because like they couldn't find like who did locations on this one you couldn't find a bigger table for them to sit and have this conversation at like the tables like literally like cracking in half because these guys are so gigantic sitting on
1: it he needed to be in front of the window
0: I get right so then that's what happens right so he gets shot in the head um that was a shocking death scene I actually paused it I was like whoa we find
1: out that what's her face is, was the one that's killing her.
0: But why? I mean, I still understand why she only shoots him. I think she
1: was both of
0: them. It didn't seem like it. she was packed up and out as soon as she shot him. Um, but it was like she was so obvious afterward. You know? It was like it wasn't even like she was trying to hide it. It was like if you watch JFK. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald is doing a better job of selling himself. She didn't
1: even like, she doesn't even know who took the money. It comes out. She's just like, they're like, what are you doing? She's like, they took my money. So I'm killing everybody. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, she didn't even like know who was the one that did it. He's
0: like, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. After that chase scene, which was kind of good. Sure. Uh, Is Terrence Howard always a bad guy? That's my next question. (laughs) Is he ever a good guy? Any like he had? I know. um, What you call it? Oh yeah, that's right, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. All right, that solves that question because I was going to say outside of uh, Hustle and Flow, I don't remember him ever being a guy you root for. Um, But yeah, my next note is the editing in this movie is is really something, Um, and, and in the end, it wasn't. Much of a plan. Oh, okay. So that's when, right? So that's when Arnold says, "No, I took the money." <laughs> and it wasn't really much of a plan to get him. Let's be honest.
1: No, it was just. It didn't make any sense. Like that was the plot hole. I said, like he should have just. They should all been in on it.
0: Hey, can you help me find the guys who killed my wife? I, I get you, but like now that they're coming to get him, like their plan to get him really wasn't that intricate. During this car chase, it was pretty. It was pretty basic. I'd expect more of a tactical team like that. Uh, what I didn't expect was the incredible balance uh, out of the truck that this woman has. Um, they're she, like, dude, she's really yeah. good. She she she's firing these like machine guns out of the back she, of a she
1: truck. Lifted a guy onto a ceiling and stapled him there. She could do anything.
0: <laughs> uh, she's not uh, pounds. And that's yeah. So then he goes, "Why, Lizzie? Why?" And then that's when uh, she dies, and Breacher says, "I'm the one who stole it all along." And uh, the girl's like, "What? What's going on? Did he just
1: reveal something? Like she's like a terrible invention. She, she can't. She can't put this together.
0: Yeah, she hasn't put it together yet. The cop. Yeah, uh, he walks off, and he's gone. And then uh, we cut to Mexico. Uh, and I don't know if his negotiating tactics are that great either. He's showing up with $10 million, and he's basically like, just tell me where the guy is. Stack of money. Tell me where the guy is. Another stack of money. Well, I'm tell pretty the, sure. I'm, not, I, I wanna I'm obviously look. not going to say anything until you stop placing money down. Yeah, <laughs> true.
1: But I'm pretty sure he, like, left half of it so he could live off of half of it because he knew he was going to need some money now. It didn't make okay. any sense. I didn't like that he would die at the end. Like, it's just, it was, why? Did he die at the end? Yeah, he that shot. wasn't
0: clear. He got
1: shot in the chest. I, I wasn't mean, sure if this... he was. He okay. was dying. He didn't. They didn't actually show
0: him die, but yeah. Well, I think that that's probably what they did. Is if like they're probably thinking like if we can have a sequel out of this, we don't want Breacher dead. So like, we'll leave it that he got shot. And if uh, if we if we don't make our money back, then uh, he died. But if if we do, then we can always bring him back to the sequel.
1: He got his revenge. The movie came together.
0: And everybody was so now so everybody was dead. <laughs> Everybody's dead. What a movie.
1: What a great movie.
0: Um but I, I'm gonna say this I was I was I was I was entertained the entire time.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: You know, like I remember when we did Backdraft Two, I was like, "This is like not only is this bad, it's just boring." Like, this this moved the whole the whole way; it it never stopped. I mean, I I think that their art department didn't really design any of the um, locations. There wasn't any, you know. Yeah. Like I said, it was just drywall basically everywhere. But
1: whoever uh, came up with the wardrobe uh, for his suit was the best. But uh you know, he was supposed to look like terrible because the guy made that joke, like, "You go to J.C. Penney to get that?" <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you talking shit to Arnold? You can crush your larynx. This guy so, does not seem like a guy you want to fucking make
0: fun of. <laughs> so you saw this in the theater. He's got
1: a neck tattoo,
0: with, and he's, <laughs> he's and he's got a picture of him with Obama. He's just a.
1: Yeah, I saw this in the theater and walked out like saying this was probably one of the worst things I've ever seen. Who'd you see it with? I I couldn't... I I don't remember. All I know is I couldn't get over the fact that uh, they knew that $10 million was gone. Just couldn't do it.
0: (laughs) Wait, so is this supposed to be a remake of an earlier Sabotage? No. Okay. Trying (laughs) to find it on IMDb. I should have done that before we started. David Ayer. Uh, I, I want to find out the, the numbers on this. So, you know how much this movie costs or how much it made or any of that? Uh, no, but I'm sure Arnold made a good amount of money on it. It looks like David Ayer is writing a new Commando movie. Dude, David Ayer. And, Aaron, a, and kept, a Dirty Dozen movie.
1: Keeps getting work.
0: Um, he's, he's he's good for these
1: testosterone
0: movies, I guess. Oh, he did Fury. I liked Fury. Um I'm, I'm trying to see what the, the the numbers are on this. So the budget was thirty five million.
1: How do you spell sabotage?
0: S A B O T A G E. Come on. I don't know,
1: I was putting it in. I couldn't find
0: it. I spelled it. um
1: domestic It made, made twenty two million.
0: Yeah. Uh and it cost thirty five. Um it won two awards. Let's see won a BET Award for Best Actor for Terrence Howard. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I, can't I swear it. to God, 2015 BET Awards won. BET Award, Best Actor, Terrence Howard. Uh, it also won the Georgia Film Critics Association for, uh, oh, it was nominated for um, Award for Excellence in Georgia Cinema, Skip Woods and David Ayer. Um, it was up for a bunch of golden trailer awards I guess I don't know what that is
1: I just Um, worked with him on uh, the deputy freaking show
0: David Ayer? Yeah okay he directed that there's 23 locations in this film they're all in Georgia oh no here's one in LA okay interesting New York where were they shot in New York? Um
1: this movie wanted to be like uh Sons of Anarchy.
0: Yeah, that kind of shit. Alright, I'm gonna give you some i am I'm gonna give you some facts on this movie, some trivia. Kate Mara and Isla Fisher auditioned for the role that went to Malin Ackerman, who dropped out later due to pregnancy and was replaced by your girl Marielle Enos. Kate Mara would be good. Uh, According to director David Ayer, Sabotage was heavily cut by the studio in favor of delivering more of an action-based film than a mystery thriller. The original cut of Sabotage was rumored to be close to three hours. Uh, The Beastie Boys turned out a request to use Sabotage in promos, which obviously is going to be our uh, opening song today.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... The plot is mostly based on the Agatha Christie novel, and then there were none. So deep. This movie, know,
1: got, this movie has levels now.
0: In the scene where, I'm I'm just skimming, in the scene where Breacher is typing in statistics that is his the pictures of his family are his actual family. All right, who cares? Um, so, yeah. Fun times. Oh, yeah. Cinema. Sam Worthington and Arnold Schwarzenegger both played Terminators. Yeah. And Harold, Harold Pino and uh, fucking whatever the guy's name is, played Sawyer, Josh Holloway, are both in Lost. So, yeah, those are some things. Great.
1: This movie's got depth. All right. Well, fun times at the cinema. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll. Uh, you have anything else to add?
0: Oh, all right. I'm going to put this. Spoiler the film originally had a completely different ending. In the end, that ending, Caroline and Breacher apprehend Lizzie, who confesses. Breacher shoots Lizzie before she can reveal more, and Caroline becomes aware that Breacher is behind the killing. He slips away undetected. That's kind of what happened, anyway. All right. Yeah. So-
1: so originally he was supposed to be one of the ones that killed everybody
0: well no breacher was going to kill her before she said anything and caroline and her partner then head to the lake to retrieve the money breacher shows up he stabs jackson and begins fighting with carolyn in the water david ayer filmed two alternate versions of this ending in the first one she escapes and is confronted by two police cars when he tries to leave with the money Preacher kills the cops and prepares to flee in one of the cars. Then Caroline appears and asks him why he killed his, his team. He tells her that he wouldn't let him kill his family's killer, who he knew he could get. She then shoots him when he tries to go for his gun. In the second version, when she asks, Preacher tells her that a member of his team betrayed them, and he and one of them was responsible for sending his family to the cartel for money. He didn't know which one, so he took them all out. He shoots Caroline when she tries to apprehend him and then leaves with the money both versions were rejected by producers who forced Ayer to create a new ending which showed uh, Schwarzer's character as the anti-hero instead of a villain. Deep. That's so much better. Yeah. Anyway, some stuff.
1: All right. Well. Uh, oh, cool. All right, we'll keep... Uh, we'll figure out something to do next week.
0: <laughs> Hopefully it's in the last...
1: We um, got... Uh, we Got hard knocks coming with no, oh, yeah, no football, which is
0: weird. Hard knocks coming, NBA playoffs coming. Um, maybe Char- shark versus Tyson is going to be worth talking about. I'm still holding out hope. All right, cool. Well, we we'll, uh, we'll so- gonna mumble.